chapter 11 verse 6 the Bible says but without faith it is impossible to please God and that whosoever comes to God must believe that God is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that means God only rewards those who seek him in faith. Amen. God only rewards those who seek him in faith. That's why it's important for us to come to God in faith. We come with expectation in our heart, knowing that we are going to a God who responds to our faith. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, the Bible says that she said within her heart, she said within her, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She went in faith. She went in faith. She said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So God only responds to our faith. God only responds to our faith. And it is also important that faith does not stand alone. Our faith must have a corresponding action. Our faith must have a what? A corresponding action. And that corresponding action is what brings our faith alive. That corresponding action is what makes our faith living. That corresponding action is what causes many to see our faith. Because in verse 18 of James chapter 2, it says, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith. That means faith can be seen. Faith can be what? Seen. Even though faith is a spiritual force, it can be seen. How? How is faith seen? Faith is seen through our works. Faith is seen through our what? Our works. So if you say this year you are going to be a strong believer, how are you going to get there? Number one, you have to start reading the word. There's this song we sing, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. It sounds simple, but that is the only way out. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, hallelujah, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. Simple. There's no magic. It's as simple as that. Christianity is very simple. There is no magic in God. It is very, very simple. If you want to grow muscles, where do you go? You go to the gym. If you want to put on weight, what do you do? Praise God. 
there is a solution to every problem. Amen. If you want to grow spiritually, what do you do? Read your Bible, pray every day. It's as simple as that. So now if you're not growing spiritually, you can't blame the devil because it's not the devil. Are you following me? Even the Holy Spirit will only remind you of what you have read. So faith without works is dead. Question, what is faith? Faith, as we have defined it time and time again, is simply believing that God will do what he says he will do. That is faith. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, the man came to Jesus and said, uh, uh, I believe, Mark chapter 9, Jesus said unto him that if thou can believe, all things are possible. All things, not some things. If you can believe God, all things are possible. Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he shall lie. Neither is he a son of man that he shall repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not bring it to pass? So that means God is a covenant keeping God. He responds to his word. He keeps to his side of the word. So when you come to God in faith, you know that God will do whatsoever he says he will do. If God says I'll bless you, he will bless you. If God says I'll increase you, he will increase you. If God says I'll heal you, he will heal you. You have to understand that he healed you 2,000 years ago. Faith is aligning and maintaining your thoughts and your tongue with the word of God. Faith is aligning and maintaining your thoughts and your tongue with the word of God. So you don't change your confessions. Whatever God says is what you say. Whatever God says, you believe it. When God says it, you believe it, and that settles it. I said, when God says it, you believe it, and that settles it. You maintain your confession irrespective of the negative reports around you. Irrespective of what the doctors say, you maintain your confession. Why? Because the doctor is a man, and God is God. God is not a man. The doctor is a man. Are you following me? Whatever negative letter you've received that came from an organization or an institution and it was typed out by a man. And God can change a man's verdict. I said God can change a man's verdict. And this week God will change the verdict in your favor. Oh let me hear a living amen. Just on Thursday, I decreed that there will be a death cancellation. Today, we had a testimony. You have to understand, the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that works for you. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that works for you. So if you believe it, you will see it come to pass in your life. Today is our special service destroying generational curses. And every generational curse that has followed you is destroyed today. I said they are destroyed today. We uproot them today. Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of liberty. Today you will go free because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid for your redemption on the cross. I said today you will go free because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid for your redemption on the cross. Today is your day of freedom. Oh, today is your day of freedom. 
Somebody say a living amen to God. Today is your day of freedom. Today you are going free. Today you are going free. Your family is going free today. In the name of Jesus. Enough of generational curses battling your family. The question we want to ask is what is a generational curse or what is a curse? A curse is simply defined as an empowerment to fail. When a curse is upon you, it simply means you have been empowered to fail. That is what a curse is. Empowered to fail. And, and, and you will see very shortly that uh, how curses operate. And the only thing that we use to replace a curse is generational blessings. And what is a generational blessing? A generational blessing is also defined as an empowerment to prosper. They both work same way. An empowerment to fail the curse. Blessing is an empowerment to prosper. Listen, the same way generational blessings are activated is the same way generational curses are activated. They are both activated the same way because they both operate parallel. What activates generational blessings is the same thing in the negative that activates generational curses. So quickly, let's look at how generational curses are provoked through actions, through people's actions. Genesis chapter 29, sorry, Genesis chapter 49 from verse 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 49 from verse 1 to 4. At this point, Jacob is about to die. Jacob is about to die and Jacob is about to pronounce and to predict the future of his 12 children. Now, you remember how Jacob received the blessing, don't you? He received the blessing from his father, Isaac. Isaac pronounced a blessing upon him and he became blessed. He was never given any material property. He was given a, a, a commanded blessing through the release of the blessing. So now at this point, Jacob is about to die and leave. And don't forget that at this point, the children of Israel are in captivity. They are in Egypt at this point. So uh, their father is about to die and go and he gathered all his 12 children and started declaring their future. Started speaking blessings and curses upon them. Now notice carefully something that happened to the firstborn. That's why most of the time firstborns carry a lot of curses because the gene or the curses has not been dealt with in the previous generation so it is lingering on in the family so look at what happened Genesis chapter 49 from verse 1 to 4 the Bible says that and Jacob called unto his sons and said gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days gather yourself together hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father now notice what he said. He said, gather you together, sons of Jacob, and hear ye what? Hear ye what? Hear, hear, hearken unto Israel your father. So, it, his name is Jacob, 
but he is speaking in his capacity as Israel. The prince of God. Are you following me? Now you have to understand how, how spiritual truth works. Now, now after service maybe I must stand with you and we are chatting. But when I stand in my place of authority, I am not the same person who spoke to you casually after service. Are you following me? Now, if you don't discern the moment and the anointing, you will miss your blessing. You say, oh, this, this is a very casual, it's a very simple man. But when I stand in the place of God, I stand as Israel, not as Jacob. Are you following me? As Jacob, I gave birth to you naturally. But as Israel, I'm a prince with God. I, I wrestled with God. I overcame during the time of wrestling. And God changed my destiny through that wrestling. So now I have authority to declare a blessing. And that blessing will stick on your life forever. I want you to follow me carefully. So he said, gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, verse 3, thou art my firstborn. Notice that carefully. Reuben, you are my firstborn. Not only that, you are my might. The beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity. The excellency of power. So look at his qualification. Look at his description. Reuben, you are the firstborn. Reuben, you are my might, number two. Reuben, you are the beginning of my strength, number three. Reuben, you are the excellency of dignity, number four. Reuben, you have the excellency of power. He had all these qualifications, but look at what happened. He was so gifted, so talented. He had everything that any man could want in this world, but look at what happened to him. Verse 4, the Bible says, unstable as water. He is very gifted, excellency of power, firstborn, might, beginning of my strength, excellency of power, but he is as unstable as water. He says, thou shalt not excel. What's happening here? In verse 3, he, he is the excellency of dignity. How can someone who is excellency of dignity is not being ex, is not excelling? What it means? Something somewhere has gone wrong. What is it that has gone wrong? Why? Because he is unstable as water. He said, Thou shalt not excel because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Actions. 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 You are gifted. You have everything. But you are unstable. You are unpredictable. You are unstable as water. And because you are unstable, you will never excel in life. I've seen many gifted people. They have all the gifts. Talk about the gift. They have everything. But they are unstable as water. And because of that, they can never excel. Why? Because there is a curse there. They think it's just a gift. Listen, don't allow your gifts to deceive you. Whitney Houston, gifted, talented singer. Yet it was the same gift that destroyed her. 
Michael Jackson, very gifted, very talented. Yet it was the same gift that destroyed him. Why? Because it is not enough just to have gifts. Gift without character leads to a curse. It's not the gift. Robin, you're the firstborn. Robin, you have might. You, you have might. Robin, you are the you are the strength of my beginning. You are the first image. Why did Adam mess up? Adam was the very firstborn of God. Adam had everything. Adam could call an animal and that was the name thereof. But Adam lacked character. Adam didn't have character. When Eve came and said, okay, well, let's just go and eat this thing. Adam forgot all about the instructions God gave him. And as a result of that, Adam brought a curse upon the entire human race. Be careful when you are the first. Be careful what you do. That's why as parents, you have to keep your eyes on the first child, the firstborn. Be careful. If you don't deal with generational curses, they'll pass on to them. The very things you hate in your father, you see it either in your life or in your children. What happened to Reuben? His actions... He had everything, so he thought, I can go to my father's bed. Do you know what it means to go to your father's bed? Sleeping with his father's wives. Eating from the same bowl the father eats from. Now, I, I mean, when you look at the scripture carefully, it says, you went up to my couch. Do you know what a couch means? It simply means a chair, a special chair. A special chair. That's why you don't sit in your father's chair. It's not a blessing. We have to understand the place of honor in our society. An elderly person comes with a blessing. When you're on a bus or on the train and you see an elderly person come, don't say, oh, I worked all night, I'm tired. Get up, give him or her that chair. If you see a pregnant woman who needs the chair, give them the chair. Learn to be courteous. Where is honor in our time and days? It's no more honor. Young people think that it's all about gifts. Listen, it's not all about gifts. Gift without talent, gift without character will destroy you. Reuben had everything. He was handsome. Telling the girls, check me out. Check me out, baby. I'm the latest thing in town. Listen. Go to the mortuary. You see more beautiful people than you there. Yes. Don't use your beauty to blackmail people. Don't use the little gift God has given you to serve the devil. Use it to serve God. Yes. Whatever God gives to you is to serve the interest of the kingdom of God. Let me run quickly. So, how do I know the presence of a generational curse? How do I know? Very important. You have to observe patterns and types in your life or in your family. Observe patterns and observe types in your life or in your own family. What are some of the patterns? You see probably in your mother or father there's diabetes. 
or hot blood pressure. Observe the patterns, observe the types, and not only that, you don't just observe, I'll give you the solution what to do, but you have to learn to observe. You have to know, because you cannot, you cannot deal with what you don't know. Are you following me? You cannot deal with what you don't know. If you don't know what is attacking you, you can't deal with it wisely. That's why the Bible says we must not be ignorant of the devices of the devil. So observe types, observe patterns in the family. There are certain families, it's, it's rocked with divorce. Nobody stays married. Observe types, observe patterns, and deal with it. There are certain families, one woman has children with four, four men, not married. Five men. The woman with the issue, the woman at the well, John chapter 4, he had married how many? She had married like five. She wanted Jesus on top of those that she has had. Are you following me? Observe types, observe patterns in the family. There are certain families, the women never get married. They all have children, they never get married. There are certain families, they die at certain age. Nobody goes above 40. Observe types, observe patterns. In my own family, my father married four wives plus those women who come and go. All my brothers were competing with the number of women my, my father married. When I gave my life to Christ, I saw the pattern in the family. I saw that this is a generational curse because my father's dad didn't marry one wife. He married two. He's my great-grandfather, many. My great-great-grandfather, many, many, many. So the pattern and the types were there. So when I gave my life to Christ, I noticed that this is the generational curse in this family. So I made a conscious decision never, never to follow on that bloodline. I started declaring a new bloodline upon myself. Very important. Very important. Declarations are not just in, enough. After the declarations, I have to make choices. Make choices. When I met my wife, I said to her, we will never have sex before we get married. Never. Never. Was, is she not beautiful? Oh, Jesus. The first day I hugged my wife, electricity went through me. I said, no, if I continue hugging this lady, I'll end up doing the thing before, before Jesus comes. So I said, no, sister, from today, no more hugging. After today, no more hugging, handshakes. Hello, sister. Sister Zama, you all right? I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Sister Zama didn't know what was chasing me. I know what was chasing me. <laughs> I knew what was chasing me. So, no, no. He, she doesn't need to know. I need to observe times and patterns. Why don't we pray then? Let's pray in the spirit. Let's just pray in the spirit. Thank you, Father. Just pray in the spirit. 
Pray in the spirit. Destroy generational curses. Destroy them. Destroy them. Destroy them. Destroy them. Approach them. Approach them. Don't just cut their head. Approach them. Approach it from the ground. Approach it from the ground. Approach them from the ground. Approach them. We approach you, devil. You have no place in this family. You have no place in this church. You have no place in our families. We belong to Jesus. 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 This is a new bloodline. This is a new bloodline. This is a new bloodline. We belong to Jesus. No curse will find its way in this family. There shall be no curse in this family. There shall be no curse in this family. Curses are uprooted. Curses are destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We come against them. We come against them. We destroy the works of the enemy. We release the blessing. We replace the curse with a blessing. We replace the curse with a blessing. We replace the curse with a blessing. We walk in generational blessings. Pray, 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 pray. Destroy them, destroy them, destroy them. Destroy their works. 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 We destroy the works of the enemy. We destroy the works of the enemy. We uproot every generational curse. Every generational curse, they are uprooted. 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 Never to show up in this family. Never to show up in the Sebeji family. Never to show up in the Nkosi family. No curse can travail in this family. No curse can prevail in this family. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against the works of the enemy. Every works of darkness, every hidden works of darkness, we destroy their works. We destroy their works. We release the vengeance of God into the camp of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we destroy their works. We destroy their works. We release ourselves into the blessing. We walk in the blessing. We live in the blessing. We are blessed family. We are blessed church. No curse can come near us. In the mighty name of Jesus, pray, pray, pray. Destroy their works. 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 We destroy their works. We destroy their works. We destroy their works. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. We have to understand how the curse works. Once you identify it, you deal with it. Once you identify it, you deal. Have you not noticed that when you go to the GPs or the doctors and there is a, an issue of any type of sickness in the family, the question they ask is, does your mother or your father, anybody in your family have ever had this? The moment you say yes, they'll put it on your file. They might not call it generational cares, but that's what it means. The moment you say yes, they know that this is bound to occur 
in your family as well. Name them. Be it diabetes, whatever it is. They'll say, okay, it might appear in your, so they name it, so they put it on your file. So once something occurs, the first thing they refer to is what you have said to them. So generational curses are real. Quickly, four ways to break generational curses. Four ways. Four ways to break generational curses. Number one, change your mindset. Number one, change your mindset. Change the way your family thinks. Every family has a mindset. Every family. Every nation has a mindset. And you see the people operate according to the mindset of the nation. So number one is we change our mindset. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So number one is to change your mindset. How do you change your mindset? With the word. Renew your mind. Constantly stay in the mind. Constantly stay in the word. You have to renew your mind with the word. You have to renew your mind with the word. Don't think like your family thinks. Don't think like they think. Think the way Jesus thinks. The Bible says that let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. So take on the mind of Christ. Are you following me? Take on the mind of Christ. And start behaving differently. Listen. Your behavior is determined by your way of thinking. Your behavior is determined by your way of thinking. Number two. Change your choice. In other words, make different choices. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 26 to 28. It says, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day. To go after other gods which you have not known. So change your choice. Don't go after the same gods your family went after. Don't go after things your family went after. Change your choice. Make a radical decision never to go in the way of a curse. The way of your father, the way of your, your mother, the way of your family members. Make a conscious choice. I made a conscious choice never to have any sexual relationship with my wife before we got married. Make sure the marriage bed is pure. It was a choice. It was a choice that came with a lot of blessing. Make a choice. Be conscious of that choice. Hallelujah. Number three, change your association. Change your association. Be not, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33, it says, be not deceived. 
evil communications corrupt good manners. Change your associations. Listen, the people you associate yourself with, you become. If you know your father used to be a drunkard, don't have friends who drink. If you know your father loves women, don't have friends who love women, who chase other women or chase people's wives. Change your association. Why? Because be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That means you have good manners, but your association of evil can change your good manners. Number four, change your habits. Change your habits. What's number one? What's number one? Change your mindset. What is number two? Okay, so you are not writing. Okay, let's go back. What is number one? Change your mindset. What is number two? Change your choice. What is number three? Change your association. Number four is change your habits. Change your habits. If you, if you are going to break generational cases, these are four ways you must adapt to. Change your habits. Proverbs chapter 6 from verse 6 to 11. This, this is a very harsh scripture, but I have to read it because it's in the Bible. Amen? I'm sorry, but I have to read it because it's in the Bible. It says, go to the aunt, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. How can an ant be wiser than a human being? A slugger simply means a lazy person. It says, go to the sluggard, go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathering her food in the harvest. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, traveleth and thy want as an armed man. So change your habits. Your habits are very important. If you're going to change generational cases in your family, habits are important. Have you not noticed there are certain families there, are, there is no aspiration to be better. No inspiration. Everybody just stays in the house. They wake up. What's, what's up for breakfast today? You know, everybody eats together. No mission in life. No going anywhere. No direction. No vision. Nothing. But you cannot break out of that if you don't change your habit. 90% of generational cases are caused by habits. We saw that in Reuben. He had everything, but his habit was to go to his father's wives. So change your habits. There are certain habits that will not help you. Change them. Change them now. 
before they change you. Change them when? Now, before they do what? They change you. The serpent that was not killed in Genesis became a beast in Revelation. If you don't deal with that habit now, it will deal with you in the future. You might say, oh, it's nothing. You're doing it in darkness. If you don't change it now, it will kill you. Have you not noticed? Look at all the talented musicians that, you know, all these actors and actresses and musicians that have made it big time that died. They were doing something in secret. Abusing substances in secret. And then when they die after post-mortem investigations, they come out and say, this drug killed them. Nobody knew it when they were doing it. These were little, little habits they were doing in secret places. Change that habit now. Nobody might be seeing you now, but God can see you. And if you don't change it now, it will affect your future. Please listen. God is the only source of our blessing. That's why Jabez went to God. When Jabez saw the existence of a curse in his life, he went to God. He didn't go to man. He went to God. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. The Bible says that and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bear him with sorrow. I gave birth to him with sorrow. First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9 and 10. I bore him with sorrow. Now, most of us, the background we came from, our names comes from our parents' experiences. Do you know some people have names like suffer? Suffer till you die. Yeah. How can, how can a, a human being possibly give a name of a child suffer? Some people's name, when you translate it literally, it means you will die next week. <laughs> That's a literal translation. You will die next week. Some people's name, literal translation means nothing good will ever happen in your life. Yeah. Look at Jabez. The mom, the mom gave him the name Jabez. Why? Because she bore him with sorrow. With sorrow. That means Jabez was a, was a sorrowful boy. At school, Jabez was sorrowful. At, in the house, Jabez was sorrowful. Everywhere, at work, Jabez was Have you not noticed? Sometimes you ask yourself, what have I done? Is it only me? It's like nothing seems to work for you. Your colleagues, everyone is getting married. You are the only one left behind. You serve God. You do everything. You love God. What is it that is not happening? There is a curse that needs to be dealt with. Verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. The Bible says that Jabez called on the, on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that thy hand might be with me. So he's changing the sorrow being with him to now the hand of God to be with him. That thy hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. Why? Because all his life he has suffered evil. So he's asking God now, keep me from evil. He said that it may not grieve me. Why? Because he was a grievous child. 
The Bible says, and God granted him that which he requested. Today, God will grant you your request. Oh, let me hear an even amen. Today, God will grant you your request. I said, today, God, my God, the God of settlement, the God of signs and wonders, the God of increase, the God of blessing, the God of breakthrough, he will bless you. He will grant you your request in the name of Jesus. When Solomon built the temple, one of his prayers is that every time your children come into this place and make a request before you, may you grant it. And this place is a house of God. Solution is a house of God. Every request you make in this house, God will grant it. I said, God will grant it. I said, God will grant it. In the name of Jesus. So destroy generational curses permanently. There were four mysteries you have to engage. Four. Number one, engage the altar of prayer and fasting. Number one is engage the altar of prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 17 verse 21. Matthew chapter 17 verse 21. Jesus said, this kind cometh not out except by prayer and fasting. This kind. So there are certain kinds that will not sift until you fast and pray. You can't be in Great Britain and be eating three meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Learn to fast. Engage that thing on the prayer altar. Because Jesus said this kind. That means this kind of generational curse will not come out except through prayer and fasting. So engage the prayer altar. Go on a three day fast. Go on a seven day fast. Go on a 21 day fast. Just target one area that has affected, that has destroyed the whole family and say not by you. Enough is enough. You will not cross on from this family. You will not come into my life. You are not going on to my children. Destroy that thing. Approach it right there by engaging the altar of prayer and fasting. I say, Pastor, as for me, you know, when I see food, you know, when I just see the food, you know, I can't, I can't fast. You know, Pastor, I can't fast. Really? The devil, have you not noticed that when it's a, do you know the only day I get hungry, the only day I get hungry at 5 a.m. is Thursdays, a day of prayer and fasting. That's the only day. I'm normally not a break. I can fast. I can go for days. But most of the time, the only day I'm hungry, first thing in the morning is Thursday when it's day of prayer and fasting. Have you not noticed that when we declare prayer and fasting, the very first day you forget? You eat your breakfast. Oh, today's prayer and fasting. <laughs> The devil is clever. He was here before you showed up. Yeah, he, he doesn't want you to be hot. 
He wants to sleep on your head. And you know, the devil comes to church, you know. The devil is here right now. How many of you know that? Oh yeah, he, he's in church. You want me to show you the devil? <laughs> he comes to church. Now when the children of God appear before the presence of God, the devil showed up. In the presence of God, the devil showed up. How much more church? Ah, he's here. If you like, after service, I'm quiet. I'll show you the devil where he is. <laughs> Praise God. That's why when it's time for, when a word particularly tailored for you is coming, you start nodding. Hmm? Before you realize that word is gone. That's why you have to learn to be alert. That's why a life of prayer is important, key. And especially those of you who pray in your bed. You wake up 4.30 and say, I'm praying. The devil is sitting on your head. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus. Because the devil is sleeping on your head. He doesn't want you to be on fire. Get out of that bed. Find a spot in your house as an altar of prayer. Not on the bed. How can you seriously lie on your bed in this cold and say you are praying with that hot duvet on you and you think the devil don't make you sleep? Come on now. Don't deceive yourself. To, to destroy generational curses permanently, number two, engage in kingdom advancement activities. Engage in kingdom advancement activities. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Engage in kingdom advancement activities. In other words, be, be, be prayerful. Pray for the church. Go out on outreach. Reach out for souls for the kingdom. You cannot serve the interest of the kingdom and God not serve your interest. You cannot genuinely seek the advancement of the kingdom of God and God not genuinely seek the interest of your advancement. Number three, engage the mystery of the communion. Engage the mystery of the communion. John chapter 6 verse 56. John chapter 6 verse 56. It says, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood. Listen carefully. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has become part of me because he dwelleth in me and I in him. So when you engage the mystery of the communion table, what happens is that you are no more visible to the devil. The devil can't see you. He can only see Jesus. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our last born, you know, through the various checks and so on and so forth. You know, they said, they said, um, he's going to be Down syndrome. And I'm like, no, not here, not in this family. And on the day we were asked to go to the hospital in London to go and do the more detailed uh, examination and check 
we took communion. I gave her communion on that day. Because Jesus said, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. And to God be the glory after the test, it came out as nothing, zero. There is power in the communion. There is power in the communion. Hallelujah. Because in this family, we don't do down, we do up. I said we don't do down, we do up. To engage the mystery of the communion table. The first one is engage the force of tithes and offerings. Engage the force of tithes and offerings. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 and 11. It says, bring in the tithe, all the tithes into my storehouse that there may be meat in my house and, I, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. The tithes and the offering speaks against the plans of the enemy. Remember when the devourer comes, he comes to devour everything he can lay his hands on. Everything. Hezekiah was about to die. God sent a prophet to him and said, you are going to die. And just the prophet, when the prophet went out, the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, God, no, you can't kill me now. Remember my offering. Remember my givings. Remember what I have done for your house. You can't kill me now. And the Bible says that by the time he finished, by the time the prophet went out, God sent back the prophet to him and said, I've given you 15 more years to live. That's the power of tithes and offerings. It works. It destroys every generational curse. And I see you from today engaging that mystery in Jesus' name. So, what must I do to replace the curse with generational blessing? Because it's not just enough to identify the curse. Amen. We want to replace the curse with the blessing. What must I do to replace the curse or the generational curse with the generational blessings? Number one, be born again. Number one, be born again. John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say to you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of the spirit and of water, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So when you are born again, you are born into a new bloodline. And this is a new bloodline of the blessing. Let me hear amen. amen. Number two, meditate on the word of God daily. Meditate on the word of God daily. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night, and thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have Good success. Meditate on the word. Change the situation with the word. Don't meditate on the curse. Meditate on the word of God. Look for a word in the Bible regarding that situation. Number three, be planted in the house of God. 
Number three, be planted in the house of God. Psalm 1 verse 3. Psalm 1 verse 3. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall also not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So be planted. Be planted in a place of blessing. And this house is a house of blessing. Be planted in a place of blessing. And solution is a house of the blessing. That's why Proverbs 10, 22 says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he added no sorrow. From today, I see you walking in the blessing. I said from today, I see you walking in the blessing. The blessing will become part of your family. Curses are nullified in the name of Jesus. Number four, the fourth thing that you must do to replace a curse is honor God's anointed servant. Honor God's anointed servants. Mark chapter 6 verse 4. Mark chapter 6 verse 4. Jesus said for a prophet, but Jesus said unto him, unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own king and in his own house. Don't allow familiarity to rob you of the blessing. Learn to honor the prophet privately and publicly. Privately in your heart and publicly. When you're out there, speak good about your prophet. I have never engaged in any negative discussion about my man of God with anyone before. Never. And in this church, we don't stand on the pulpit and criticize other churches. No matter what they are doing. It is not our place. The day you stand in any pulpit of solution and criticize any man of God, that is your, your last day in that pulpit. Because you didn't call them. It says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Psalm 105 verse 15. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets what? No harm. The Bible says that they move from place to place and he suffered no one to do them evil. Be careful who you're touching. Hallelujah. So honor God's anointed prophet. Now, let me tell you this. Listen. All you need is one sent prophet to destroy that curse in your family. All you need is one good anointed servant to destroy that curse that has been ravaging your family for years. Learn to honor. Honor them in your heart. Honor them publicly. When people are criticizing about men of God, it's not your place. You didn't call them. David understood this principle. Even though God had removed the anointing and the covering from Saul, David, when he cut a little garment of Saul's garment, the Bible says that his heart was pricked. And he repented. Praise God. 
We are not an armchair critics to criticize men and women of God out there. It's not your place. Even if they fall, keep your mouth shut. You didn't call them. You, you wouldn't know when God has removed the, the glory or the anointing on them. God won't come and consult you. So be careful. This is why we don't even entertain in this church. Somebody will say, I went to that church. I went to that church. Nothing happened when I came to this church. God gave me a testimony. No, 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 no. We don't permit such testimonies or such sayings in this church. Amen. Amen. Finally, as we get ready to close, you cannot change what you are not angry with. If you want to reverse and change generational curses, you have to be angry with them. When I saw the curse in my family, I said, no, 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 this thing ain't coming in my life. This thing is not coming into my children's life. It's not coming into my children's children's life. You have to be angry at it. I've always said that what is chasing you determines how fast you run. If a puppy is chasing you, oh, hello puppy, hello. That's a puppy problem. But if an elephant problem is chasing you, hey, you would jump through the seas. There's this time we went to uh, Kroger National Park in South Africa on one of our holidays. And you know, how many of you have been to Kroger National Park before? Okay, just one. All right. The rest of you, which park have you been to? <laughs> You've been to Tilgate Park. Okay, I see. <laughs> All right. You should try and go to Kroger National Park. It's a very nice place. So we, we were at the park and then we're driving. Uh, my, my father-in-law was driving then, you know, driving and then before we realize, an elephant showed up. Big one. And then it was coming towards the car. <laughs> he was trying to reverse and the gear was not going. He said, Dad, it's coming. Praise God. Since then, I've never been there. So when an elephant is chasing you, you don't run like a puppy chasing you. You run with aggression. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following me? And let me say this. Let me say this. Be careful. Be careful. When you see a generational curse in your father's bloodline or your mother's bloodline, be careful how you deal with it. Because if you're not careful how you deal with it, that same curse will come into your family. You'll see it manifest in your own life. The very things I've seen many people angry with their fathers with is the very things they have been doing. The very thing. So you have to be careful. You, it's not your place to be angry. I, I was never angry with my dad when he married four, four women. I actually thank God for him because I came out of the third marriage. Now, if he had not married four, I won't be here. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, are you getting what I'm saying now? So, if he had just stuck on one, I wouldn't be here now. So, thank God he married four. 
I'm against it. I will not admonish it. But I am not angry and bitter with him. Are you getting me? So that that same curse will not happen in my life. That's why in this Sebiji family now, this new family, this new bloodline is one man, one wife. One wife, one, one husband for this generation. I mean, a couple of days ago, my wife and I were just saying that, you know, this generation is blessed. Thank God for this generation. This is a new bloodline. And consciously pray the blessing into your children's life. Consciously. Consciously. As many times as possible. Consciously. That's those of you who have children. Those of you who don't have children yet. Consciously pray for yourself. Consciously. Don't repeat the same mistakes because it's heartache. Finally, as we get ready to close. Let's look at a case studies of someone who was ravaged with generational cares and let's see how he dealt with it. Are you ready for this? Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 from verse 46. We're going to look at this, the character called blind Bartimaeus. You know the story? Bartimaeus was blind. Jesus was passing by in Jericho and he started screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And many people were shutting him down and then all of a sudden, Jesus called him and asked him, what do you want? And blind Bartimaeus said, that I may see. But let's see what happened. Mark chapter 10 from verse 46. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. And then after this, we'll pray. And today, something will happen in your life. Amen. The burden will be lifted off. Yes. You'll begin to walk in the blessing Amen. in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 I read the Bible says and they came to Jericho talking about Jesus and he and as he went out of Jericho Jericho simply means a place of pleasantness but no fruit a place of pleasantness but no fruit that means it's a place that is never fruitful it is beautiful everything is in place but there is no result have you not seen some people, they have everything. Beauty, they have it. Yet, it's not the beautiful ones that are getting married in the church. It's the so-called not beautiful ones. I said, eh, but look at me. You know, I look good. I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm handsome. So why am I not getting married? <laughs> why? Because beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. It says, and he went out of Jericho. You are coming out of Jericho today. Amen. With his disciples and a great number of people, blind, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. So look at, look at the description of this family carefully. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside doing what? Begging. This was all this family was doing. They were blind, no vision, and all they were living by in life is begging people, living on benefits, living on other people's mercy. It shall not be so in your life. Amen. I said it shall not be so in your life. Amen. Verse 47, the Bible says, 
and when he heard, this is blind Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now notice, look at that scripture carefully. When he heard of who? When he heard of who? Jesus. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It says, and when he heard of Jesus, look at what happened. And let's see, he began to cry. So he acted on what he heard. Faith without works is what? Faith without works is what? So when you hear it, you must act on it. So he began to cry out and he began to say, faith is dormant until it is spoken. Faith is dormant until it is what? Spoken. Because faith is a speaking force. It says, and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, so nobody knows what you are fighting with. They don't know the generational curses that you are battling with. So you are crying unto Jesus and they are saying, keep quiet. Shush. This is a nice church. In this church, we have to be gentle. But yes, he can be gentle, but you know what is chasing you. What is chasing you, you cannot keep quiet. You have to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because what's chasing you is different from what's chasing me. Maybe a puppy curse is chasing you. Maybe an elephant curse is chasing him. There are different reactions. Leave him alone. Don't allow anybody to sit on your blessing. When you come to church, don't allow even, even anybody to determine how you worship God. You have come to have an encounter with God. You have come to have an encounter with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Bible says, many charge him that he should hold his peace. Come on, don't stop me from praising God. Don't stop me from calling upon the name of Jesus. Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know what I've been through? Do you know what God has delivered me from? And you want me to keep quiet? No! They charge him, hold your peace. But he cried the more a great deal. So they said, keep quiet. But he was said, no, 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 you people don't know. You don't know what we've been been through. You don't know this poverty, this curse of poverty, this curse of blindness, this curse of no vision, this curse of divorce, this curse of singleness, this curse of sickness. It must go today. It must go today. So they cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The more they said keep quiet, the more he was shouting. The more they said keep quiet, the more he said no, no, not here, not here, not here because today is my day. Jesus is passing this way. I might not have this chance again. 
49 the Bible says and Jesus stood still your cry will cause Jesus to stand still today your cry today will cause Jesus to stand still the Bible says and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called somebody say amen to that today is your day of visitation today is your day of visitation Commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man. Listen, the same people who were saying, Keep quiet. The same people who were saying, Shut up. But he was, This church is a gentle church. Keep quiet. It's the same people who said, Be of good cheer. The master called thee, Rise up. He called thee. The city, the Bible says that, and he, Batimius, and he, Casting away his garment. The garment in those days represent your statue. You dress according to your statue. Beggars wear beggarly clothes. Because you can't be a beggar now wearing a suit and begging. Nobody will give you money. Are you following me? So as a beggar, you have to dress as a beggar. So now look, his garment also represents the curses that was following him. Because you represent what you are in the physical. So the Bible says that, and he, Bartimaeus, casting his garments, the garment of shame, the garment of curse, the garment of sickness. He said, No, Jesus is calling me. I need to go to Jesus. I cannot go to Jesus with this garment of curses. I don't know who I'm seeking today to today. But that garment of curse is coming off now. I said it's coming off now. Let me hear a living amen. I said it's coming off now. That garment of singleness is coming off now. That garment of sickness is coming off now. That garment of generational curses, they are coming off now. That garment of diabetes, they are coming out now. That garment of HIV AIDS, they are coming off now. That garment of SS, they are coming out now. In the name of Jesus. And he casting away his garment, he rose and came to Jesus because he knew that Jesus was his only source of help. Who are you going to with your issue? The sad thing is many people go to the wrong place. Who are you going to with your issue? He rose and went to Jesus. Verse 51 and Jesus answered and said unto him. That means the very first time he called Jesus heard him. But Jesus pretended he didn't hear him. The very first time Bartimaeus cried out unto Jesus, Jesus heard him. This is called persistent faith. You have to learn to be persistent. You've called on Jesus once. He hasn't answered you. Don't stop calling. Keep calling. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep fasting. One day. One day. Somebody say one day. And that day is your day.
Saturday. I said that day is Saturday. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It said and it shall come to pass in that day. In that day. That day is today. I said that day is today. It said that the burden shall be removed. And the yoke shall be destroyed. Because of the anointing. Today is your day. I said today is your day. In the name of Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him. What will thou that I should do unto thee? As if Jesus didn't know. Jesus is all knowing. But Jesus still asked blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? You don't come to God and say. Oh God. You know. You know. Yes he knows but he wants you to say it. He knows but he wants you to say it. He said, what will you that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Now, notice something very carefully. Blind Bartimaeus, even though he was blind, he was begging for money. When he came to Jesus, he did not ask Jesus for money. Oh, someone will get this. He was begging for money, but when he came to Jesus, he never asked Jesus for money. Money is the fruit. Money is not the root of the curse. The blindness is the root of the curse. If you are going to deal with a curse, you go to the root. You uproot it from the root. You attack the issue from the root. So blind Bartimaeus said to Jesus, he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Vision is coming today. Amen. From today, you see clearly. Yeah. You will not fall in a pit anymore. Yeah. You will not go the wrong direction anymore. Yeah. God will order your steps from today yeah. in the name of Jesus. Verse yeah. 52, finally. The Bible says that Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Oh, when I read this, I nearly wept. Now, I want you to look at that carefully. Jesus never said, My faith has made you well. He said, Your faith. That means blind Bartimaeus had what it take all this while to uproot the curse but he was just sitting down doing nothing almost everyone Jesus healed in the Bible Jesus didn't heal them by his faith he healed them by their faith Jesus said unto him go your way your faith your faith that's why you need faith this year. You need to build your faith this year. When you have faith, you look at that issue and say, not here. Not this family. You don't belong here. This is a blessed family. You deal with it according to your faith. Jesus said, go that way. Your faith has made thee whole. And immediately, not next week, immediately, it takes great faith. 
to operate in the immediate realm of results. It takes great faith to operate in the immediate realms of results. And from today, that will be your portion. The Bible says immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus. I love that part. He did what? He followed Jesus. After Jesus heals you, don't leave him. After you get what you want from God, don't leave God. Don't run away. Don't be ungrateful. Serve God. Follow him. Don't be a hit and run Christian. Don't come and when God blesses you, you're looking for a miracle. God gives you a miracle and that's it. You say, hasta la vista, God. I'll see you later. Don't do that. Blind Bartimaeus knew what God had delivered him from. And the Bible says that and he followed Jesus in the way. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Every generational curse that has ravaged your family is destroyed today. Amen. I said it's destroyed today. Amen. From today you'll begin to walk in the blessing. Amen. I release the generational blessings into your life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You shall be called from henceforth a man and a woman of great blessing. Your family will walk in the blessing. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. In Jesus name. Did you receive it today? Did you receive it today? Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. We're going to pray. We're going to pray two prayers. I'll give you just a time to pray. You know, I told you about identifying types and patterns. I'm sure as I was speaking, you identified the types and the patterns. There are some families, their wives are rebellious. No matter what, their wives are rebellious. There are some families, their husbands are rebellious. There are some families, when you see them, Every woman in the family, they have children, no husband, no wife, nothing. You have seen the types. What you've seen in your family you don't want today, like blind Bartimaeus, you're going to cry out unto Jesus with a loud voice. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. So we are going to pray in this manner. Father, in the name of Jesus... And by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and in my family. Let's say it together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and family. Begin to pray now. Call it by name. Call it by name. Destroy its works. Call it by name. Call it by name. Call it by name. name. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I decree a complete destruction of generational curses in my life and in my family. Destroy their homes. Uproot it. Uproot it. Uproot them. Uproot them. Destroy their wealth. Destroy their wealth. Destroy their wealth. Destroy their wealth. Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and in my family. Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and in my family. In the name of Jesus, no generational curse from my father is coming into my life. They will not go into my children's life. My children are blessed. My children are walking in the blessing. They are walking in generational blessings. They are walking in generational blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Ghost. I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and family. Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and family. Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I decree the complete destruction of generational curses in my life and family. In Jesus name in Jesus name in the mighty name of Jesus finally you want to pray the father in the name of Jesus change my story to generational blessings your story will change today so you want to open your mouth and now release the generational blessings open your mouth and begin to pray father in the name of Jesus change my story to generational blessings. Change my story. 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 Change my story, Lord. Change my story in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. In Jesus' name, amen. It is done. Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Give Jesus praise. It is done. Hallelujah. curse is broken. The blessing is released. The curse is broken. The blessing is released. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. We'll begin to see the blessing in our lives. In Jesus name. God bless you. Please be seated just for one minute. As we get ready to close. Wow. The children can come in. 
the children and their, their Sunday school teachers can come in. Amen. God is good. God is good. I want to encourage you, don't just pray this prayer once. Take time. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the word. Pray this message through. Amen. Amen. Pray this message through. And you'll see the manifestations of God's hand in your life. In Jesus' name. Well, we've come to the end of the service. We want to take this opportunity to welcome our very, very special visitors, those who are worshiping with us for the very first time. If today is the first time you are worshiping with us, this is Solution Chapel. The children come in or the noise can cease. If today is the first time you are worshiping with us, this is Solution Chapel International. We're a Bible-believing church. We believe that God has called us to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. So if today is your first time of worshiping with us, please rise up on your feet and let's give you a special solution. Welcome. We have anyone worshiping with us? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, solution. Come on, let's appreciate our dear sister. Let's appreciate her. Thank you so much for coming. Please tell us your name. Kemi, and who invited you? Okay, you're welcome. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. We love you. We appreciate you. We believe that God brought you here to change your story in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's appreciate our dear sister. Amen.